Hey, everybody, before we get into this podcast, I just want to let you know about our sponsor. It's a film called Sir John A. and the Curse of the Antiquench. It's about two brothers that save the town of Kingston by staying drunk to defeat demons. Yep, you heard me correct. Uh, it stars John Dunsworth as the voice of Sir John A., Spenny from Kenny vs. Spenny, uh, the Deaner from Fubar, and a bunch of other really funny Canadians. You can check it out on iTunes, Amazon, or wherever you get your movies. Check out curseoftheantiquench.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, no actual movie we're watching this week, but I do have a special guest on, Eddie Spaghetti. So you may know Eddie from his recent Hopper P.I. Uh, viral fame. Uh, Eddie, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, I just got off of the uh, private jet, landed here back in my hometown of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Right. And it's gloomy as piss out there, but... Uh, you know, not everywhere can be Beverly Hills. Ottawa is always gloomy, uh, and it's good that you have the luxury of your private jet to get around in, so you can go to sunnier loca- locations. Oh yeah, no, it's it's really handy, especially with the uh, new VCR I got uh, installed on it. Right, comes key. in handy. It's key. Um, is there weight restrictions if you have like the tube TV on the on the uh, plane? You know, you have extra weight. Technically, they 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 weigh a couple hundred pounds. I don't know. I'm not the pilot, so right. <laughs> I just tell them where to go. Fair. Um, so yeah, t- talk to us about Hopper PI. Where uh, like obviously it blew up online and it's gotten tons of views. Um, David Harbor's like reposting it and retweeting it or. Re- all the re whatevers and people are writing mm-hmm. articles about it. It's getting posted sometimes not tagging you, but whatever. yeah, that was, that was awesome. I had a lot of people point that out to me. Actually, they were like, Hey, they, uh, I think initially will Harbor when he reposted it, he tagged the wrong person who had a similar name to mine. Ah. And, uh, he did actually go fix it afterwards. Um, so I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, but, uh, no, it initially, I mean, I had only gotten into stranger things season three, I think about like four episodes worth, I don't know, something like that. I didn't finish it. So when I made the video, I hadn't finished watching the series entirely. So I only used, um, portions of some of the episodes, not all of them though. Okay. So there's like a lot of, like, I had a lot of people comment, and say like, oh, you know, why didn't you use this and use that? And really, the the truth is, I hadn't finished this that season. You didn't want to get anything spoiled. <laughs> no, no, and I worried about that too. I mean, that's you know, for me personally, like I I used to work in a movie theater, so I I got accustomed to seeing the end of a lot of films, and uh. it's basically changed my you know perception of when I watch movies. Like I don't really get spoiled. If anything, the spoilers get me more interested in knowing how they get to that point it's a really weird thing not a whole lot of people are like that i feel like mainly it's it's people who are either you know they're cinephiles and they worked in a movie theater or uh they're just freaks somehow i i don't know but you think about like back uh in the day like before psycho everybody the movie would just play sort of continually and you could walk in whenever you want and walk out but like psycho was the first movie where hitchcock was like no you buy a ticket at the start you leave at the end mm-hmm. shut the fuck up on the way out yeah. and uh you know don't tell anybody about the ending and that was like a big twist like oh no it's that guy right yeah and then it was weird too because it was like well what if somebody does that like was hitchcock gonna show up and be like you know get out of the theater you right know? like he's actually at everyone <laughs> he's working he's watching from the back just watching Scaring everybody come in throwing fake birds at you yeah 
That'd be so, amazing. Uh, yeah, so where'd the idea come to make the Hopper PI video? Obviously, you've made a, a lot of other sort of fan videos. I, I know you made the Glow video a while back, and that got yeah. some traction. And uh, But uh, we can talk about the Glow video after, but uh, where'd the... Uh, I guess the impetus come of the Hopper PI video. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, I hadn't finished watching the entire season, uh, but I think it was like either the first episode or one of the second one. There's a shot where the character of Hopper is watching Magnum PI on a television set, and when I was watching it, and it might have been later when he eventually gets a Hawaiian T-shirt that he wears, but. I just kind of said out loud, I was watching it with my uh, partner, Dora Bones, and I was like, somebody should do like a fake Magnum P.I. intro with his character and like use shots from this. And she was like, yeah, you're that you should do it. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I should do it. I, I could I totally would know how to do it. So I basically kind of spent like the good portion of a night um, finding, you know, the, the, the footage and that sort of stuff. And getting it together and putting it together. And then I came out with Hopper PI uh, and initially just released it on a bunch of different kind of platforms. Like, you know, I put it on Twitter and Instagram and, and so on. And uh, it really received, it received a good amount of response at first. And then it really received a lot of traction once Harbor himself reposted it. Right. Uh, despite the fact that he didn't connect he didn't tag the correct account but that's he later rectified that that's fine Fair. You know, no poe buddy's nerfect uh but uh it, w- it was really cool to get a lot of reception a lot of people too were really surprised by it because my style of editing uh on my series here lies which we can talk about in a bit but i do all my videos in uh 480 aspect ratio so they're basically your full frame old TV set style thing. There's nothing HD about them. They'll load on the shittiest internet connection possible so you can enjoy them. Uh, but I I record all mine to tape and I redigitize it. So I don't use any fake filters. I've tested fake filters in the past. I tested using, you know, different coloring methods and, and you know, distortion or whatever like that. But uh, I eventually figured, you know what, if I'm going to do it, let's like legit do it. Yeah, there's an authenticity to it. I mean, I've definitely used all those filters, too, in the past. And Mm -hmm. you can get a really cool look from it in the computer. But well, they're both they're both different, though. That's the thing. It's like it's not like they're both the same thing. So I feel like nowadays, like your VHS filter that shows up most of the time where you have the scan lines, you have like the distortion, you have like the weird ghosting of the image, the discoloration, like it's become its own effect. It's like VHS 2010 yeah, i don't know yeah. and then what i do mine is a lot more subtle because it's 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 not on a very highly degraded tape uh i'm not running it through numerous times if you run it through numerous times it would get a lot more degraded looking and if i had a shittier tape to use then definitely it would look more apropos to what people think now is the vhs style but my stuff is a lot more subtle um but it's there and uh, you know there's color degradation uh, there's your, you know, there's some distortion in the image and that sort of stuff. But I, I legit record the finished, the finished take essentially to a tape and then record it back to my computer essentially. Uh, so I had a lot of people who were really interested in that and they were like, what filter did you use? Like, did you use this and that? And I, I just responded back and say, listen, I didn't use any filter. Like that's what you're watching is the is recording VHS. of a tape. Yeah. That's awesome though. Cause like, I, yeah, like you said though, like the actual VHS look 
wasn't always terrible. When you bought a brand new VHS, it looked great. Yeah. Well, for the time. For 1993, when you got a VHS, it was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, over time, people... Like, that's, that's the interesting thing about VHS and versus Betamax, because as you know, I'm a really big, really big fan of Betamax over VHS, despite the fact that I prominently work with VHS because Betamax isn't as common enough. But um, that's the cool thing about the comparison between the two is like over the years, you know, if you compared a, a tape of Jurassic Park on VHS versus Jurassic Park on Beta, chances are the Beta copy is going to be a lot more pristine because how many times would have somebody watched that? They would yeah. have maybe watched it like twice and then that was it. Whereas the Jurassic Park tape, they probably watched it like 50 times from yeah. when it came out to this point in time. So that tape is going to be a lot more wear and tear and you're going to see a lot more of that like degradation and and, you know, scan lines and et cetera, like all that distortion. So that's where I feel like most people nowadays, they associate that VHS kind of look and style because of the fact that they've been watching their tapes that they've had for over like 20 years yeah. now that have just become crappy. Degraded you know? in a way. Yeah. I know we were we were talking uh, a while back about how you can some of the effects used to look better on VHS because you can hide in some of that grain and some of that grossness and and now like your effects have to be really really good to get away with some of the gore or uh, I know we were watching uh, Hellraiser oh, and yeah. like some of the the effects are pretty pretty good for the time and on, on beta they look pretty great but if you saw that HD transfer now like that would probably look like garbage you know yeah there was actually a really cool. Uh kind of little uh reminder about that sort of stuff um with in comparisons to old technology versus new with with vhs and blu-ray um there is a friend of mine uh, his name's lee demarb he's a uh, film director he directed uh jesus christ vampire hunter right. and he, at one time we were having lunch or something and we were talking about blu-ray versus vhs and laserdisc because i was a really big laserdisc aficionado at the time and he knew that and he, i think he gave me a few actually um, but, uh, we were talking about it and he said, you know, the biggest thing about Blu-ray is that like, you know, it's high definition, it's high quality, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, that it's, you know, needed for certain films. And he said, by example, like there's a movie, I think it's called Porno Holocaust and it's a film <laughs> about a zombie on an Island, on a Caribbean Island. It's primarily a porn film with horror elements to it. And Apparently in the Blu-ray version, you can see really defining features of people's genital warts. <laughs> and he said, that's kind of what it is. It's like, do you want to have a copy of Porno Holocaust where you can really clearly see the genital warts? Or do you want to have one where you can't really tell what it is? <laughs> yeah, leave it for the imagination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not, I'm not like uh, bashing HD or, or Blu-ray or any of that sort of stuff. Like, it's great. Like, there's some movies that it really holds well to, you know, like I, I always wanted to see Batman 1989 in like high definition. Cause I just love the set decoration of that film and the style of it. And it, it's something like that, that I would totally want to see in that kind of light. Um, but where it's something more like, I don't know, like Mac and me or like, or like porno Holocaust, by example, yeah. it's, but, yeah, it's I don't really need to things though, where it's, 
it's a look and it's to tell the story and like sometimes hd is what you need but mm -hmm. you know i i've watched uh, raiders uh, of the lost ark no not raiders uh, temple of doom mm -hmm. uh on old 35 mil film and it's all beat up it's scratched but it looks great and that's the way it was supposed to be seen you know uh it's same as uh Maybe something that went straight to video. It's meant to be shown in that way. So yeah, it's all about the the story and like what works for that particular film and that format. But interestingly enough, though, like I do like the idea of kind of uh, this repri reprise, I guess, to VHS and like VHS was like poo pooed for so long, and now like we see stuff like you're putting out and like there's a lot of other this like callback to like this '80s sort of this '80s vibe. This I don't know rose tinted glasses remembering the 80s yeah. you know yeah. uh but uh so we have your hopper pi thing and then i know you put out the glow um sort of tape too which w you actually used real content from the original gorgeous ladies of wrestling and, yes and you got some like traction with them liking and reposting that video as well i remember oh yeah no i befriended um a few of the actual glow alumni because that that video i put that out i think a year ago actually um, and I got a lot of, yeah, I got a lot of positive comments about it. It was, it was really initially a video I, I started off as trying to keep in the tone of the original series, like the actual original glow, whereas kind of also acknowledging the newer one. Okay. And there was going to be a lot more footage of the newer Netflix series, but then I kind of like really when I started putting it together, I kind of immediately understood. I was like, no, I shouldn't focus too much about the new one like this needs to be about what that show came from right which, what actually got that show to go go where it is now which i think some people that watch the netflix show have almost no idea no. that it was this whole other thing you know mm -hmm. so I, I know like a lot of my friends that watch it they just see you know mark Marin, and they're like oh cool i like his podcast and then they'll, they'll like watch that show but have no idea about this whole other world that existed before and that was based on so yeah yeah it's really cool how uh especially in in the total aesthetic of this 80s you know aesthetic resurgence kind of thing where it's really getting people interested again um with with something that's like visually it's it's totally you know old and decrepit looking and in terms of like high quality now, because we're so used to like everything being mm, in high definition, all yeah. that sort of stuff, like everywhere you go. So it's really cool that people are kind of like acknowledging, you know, that we had a much simpler and less appealing kind of looking format. format. Yeah. yeah. But now it's it's become more of a like a like a cool cult kind of thing. And exactly. I don't think but I honestly I don't really think that VHS tape collecting is really ever going to become as big mainstream <laughs> yeah i don't think it's ever gonna come mainstream there's a lot of people there's a lot of wonderful lovely people who are in vhs collecting groups facebook check them out they're great and um they they you know they keep that tradition going like there's just so many you know there's so many thrift stores out there that carry these things uh yeah, so they're, they're there like, for you to grab them you've like curated some of that I guess curate is a fancy word, but mm -hmm. uh, you've made some great compilation tapes, which I I really like. So your Halloween tapes and your Christmas tapes, mm -hmm. like I I wish you'd make Easter and like uh, Labor Day weekend tapes oh, too. Geez. Like I know they're a ton of work because they're ten hours long, but these nostalgia bombs essentially of 
a 10 hour tape. You can watch it, you know, uh, digitally, or you can actually have a physical VHS, which I have in my office yeah. right up there. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, so essentially you put this in and it's essentially like you're watching a 10 hour block of television from the, you know, late eighties, early nineties area mm -hmm. and watching, um, commercials and different, uh, programs on there. And, uh, I don't know wh where that idea came from, but I remember when I heard about it, I was like, this is silly. I don't know about this, but then I put it on and then 10 hours, almost, you know, or three hour block goes by and you're like, where did that last three hours go? I'm like, I love it. I want to keep watching, you know, what was that commercial? Oh, I remember that commercial or, so I don't know if you want to talk about that and where that came from, that idea or like when you started finding all these v VHS things and like deciding to put them in a compilation and mm -hmm. that weird, that thing you mentioned though, about where you're watching it and you start to recognize certain things and you're kind of thinking, Oh, you know, I remember where that was from. Or I'm like, I remember something about this is totally taking me back to something. Like I can remember part of this commercial and then at the end of it, you're like, oh, shit, I remember that commercial. Yeah. Um, it's a standard phenomena with those tapes. I've had hundreds of people tell me I forgot about this entirely until I saw it on one of your tapes. Now, to explain the tapes, they initially started as prizes for Halloween parties I used to host. So basically, when I eventually left my parents' uh, humble abode, I decided that I would have like this big, huge Halloween party every year. So I would do like prizes so like best costumes and you know um, you know best original idea and that sort of stuff and you know give candy and, and go buy a couple of cheap dvds or something like that and right. get rid of some old board games that we had right. <laughs> some things like that and uh i i initially kind of realized it's like you know what like i have the means to make a mixtape i've always wanted to make a mixtape my dad made mixtapes a lot right. in the 80s and 90s for us a lot of kids tapes, most of them taped over with Star Trek Voyager episodes. Actually. <laughs> uh, I go into a little bit of discussion on that on my uh, Garfield's Halloween Adventure episode, If You're Lies, where I discuss that special. But I also discuss like the tapes that my dad made. OK. And um, like, he'd make his own labels and he would like edit them really specifically where he would take out commercials. Oh, wow. And like he he would specifically he could tell how much time he had on a tape so if he ran out of time to put a full film he would then instead fill in those gaps with like twilight zone episodes oh that's like that, little things kids, like that. that maybe a little much but <laughs> yeah yeah and for kids yeah i mean for kids like usually fast forward through the twilight zone stuff yeah. nowadays i'm just like oh i just want more that's all you want yeah yeah um but i was really heavily influenced by that and i always kind of wanted to make my own and then when i had this opportunity to do it i did and i made the first one which was not really what you have now and most people have seen. There's a select amount of people out there who do have the original first tape. Um, Which do Halloween themed again or? Yeah, it was a Halloween. It was the Halloween one. So it was, te okay. it was technically volume one of the Halloween one. Because ah. there's two, two volumes of the Halloween tapes. Um, but it was a very bare bones-ish kind of version. Like there wasn't any commercial breaks put in. There was just oh. like a slate of commercials at one point. And I just, I didn't edit it. I, I, I don't know. I kind of just blitzed through it a little bit and it wasn't a full tape and whatever. Okay. So anyways, I gave that out as a prize for Halloween parties for a little while. Okay. And then I eventually kind of gave a few copies. Like I befriended, this is really early on 
in my career as a horror writer. So I used to write for horror magazines and uh, websites. I okay. kind of put it on hold for the time being, but uh, maybe one day I will jump back to that. Okay. But I was really getting into that and I was befriending a lot of bloggers and they were really into like that aesthetic and like old stuff of horror and, and, and whatnot. And I was kind of like, I don't know, I feel like uh, you you could benefit so, so well from having one of these. So I would, I would tell them like, here, I'll, I'll send you a copy of it. And they were like, you should legit, like get, make this public to everybody else. There are people who would go crazy for these things. Yeah. So I started doing that. And then eventually I came out with a volume two of the Halloween tape, which was actually like the proper kind of edit style. So in that, so you're getting essentially a six hour long tape, um, so I essentially used up the amount of the, the total amount that you can of one of those, your standard the long uh, play. Yeah. The <laughs> long play tapes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> essentially used up as, as much, uh, you know, time as I could on them. Um, and you're getting old television specials, episodes of TV shows that are Halloween themed. There's actually a full film on each of the tapes in the middle of the tape, but everything has commercial breaks and not just like, like there is random stuff. Like it, it's all connected to Halloween. So it's all like monster stuff or, you know, like a, there's a few, there's one of the tapes has like a bunch of like cousins sub commercials with Vincent price because yeah. he's Vincent price. Yeah. Um, so a little random stuff like that, that's kind of connected to Halloween and horror. Uh, and, but everything has like a proper um, break and it has its own proper bumpers so, you know, if you're watching it's really well put together, like you'd, you'd swear you just taped a straight up yeah. three hour block of real TV, but it's all customized, yeah. put in order by you. And that was that was the, the idea was that I want to give someone the idea, the, the, the style and the, the atmosphere of six hours worth of television that they're watching from at some point in the 80s or 90s. I go from I think my content usually goes from about 76 to 1996. So okay. I don't generally go and grab stuff, commercials, you know, video uh, episodes, whatever. Anything wearing, uh, before that or past that. There are some exceptions, uh, like the Christmas tape has Charlie Brown's Christmas, which is like from the 60s. Right. But um, it's something that was on a lot during yeah. that era. You yeah, know? it like, transcends that a bit. Yeah, that, may, that makes sense. I, I, I totally get that. But mm. like... They've like been in like people like restaurants and bars buy them, put them you know up as content. We'll put them on a, on parties and at Christmas sometimes we'll put on the Christmas tapes and just watch them just because it's like a new thing, like it's become a tradition now to put on the tapes. Yeah, I've had that from a lot of people. They told me that it's now their family tradition. They yeah. love it, especially they have children. Um, you know, they watch it with their kids, and their kids are like, "What is this? What is that? Like, why were microwaves?" you know, $800 at one point in the past. <laughs> you can go to like Walmart now and buy them for like what, like 25 bucks, 25 bucks, yeah. something like that. Like it's, it is pretty wild, but uh, yeah, it's great. Cause it's, it's a time capsule, but it's, it's my grandparents still have their microwave from like, I don't know, like the eighties or it probably works really well. Yeah. It's, it still works. Great. Yeah. Apparently those things back in the day, those things are like, they're the legit thing. Like they're tanks. If you still have one and it works, don't get rid of it. It literally does look like a tank. It's yeah. the size of a bus. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I eventually, yeah, I made a Christmas one, and there's uh, there's a uh, an eight hour version of the Christmas one. There's two versions of the Christmas one I did. There's a ten hour version, which is really really rare now. Um, we are going to be bringing back all these tapes uh, through the Here Lies uh, Facebook page, and also it's going to be 
on the OSI 74 Networks shop, which is the Roku network that our show here lies is a part of. Which you should check out. Yes. And I'll go into more of that soon after we stop discussing the tapes. But uh, uh, yeah, so they're going to be available. The Halloween ones will be available this fall and the, the Christmas ones will be available later. The 10 hour one is very limited. So that's going to be like there might be like 10 of them available or something. Okay. And then there but there is an eight hour version of the Christmas tape that is more readily available uh, than the 10 hour one. Okay. Uh, there's more copies of that. Uh, and it's essentially the exact same thing. You're just missing two hours worth, which it is what it is. You're still getting an eight hour tape of Christmas stuff, all cut like as if it's television content from the 80s or 90s. Uh, and lots of little cool things. I don't usually tell people what's on them. It's part of a, it's surprise. Like a surprise. It's worth the surprise. Yeah. Trust me. And I do fix. I do fix the audio on them. So there's a lot of old commercials that have like hissing and, and artifacts and the noise and stuff like that. I'll try to fix that as much as I can. Uh, fixing the uh, the picture as well. A lot of stuff sometimes when they're uploaded on YouTube or whatnot. The picture is all out of aspect. So I try to fix that, make everything again, just make everything look like as if like it seamlessly works together to even to the point of sometimes where like there's a bumper for something like if it's I think on one of the Christmas tapes or on the Christmas tape uh, is uh, what's it called? The chipmunks one. Oh, OK. And the, I know I really vividly remember that the bumpers for that are like silent. There's no audio for them. So basically, before you go to a commercial break, there's like a little screen capture that shows up of like the logo for the special or whatever. And there's no audio for it. Like there's no music or anything like that. So I'll still put that in. Um, and I've had people mentioning me specifically about that. They're like that. Oh, man, like I love that kind of just the fact that it's there because, yeah, the authenticity, because it's like, yeah, like I remember bumpers where there was no music. It would just like randomly there would be a logo like that would a show one up. like flashcard and then it would. Then and then sound. you hear the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyways, those things are going to be available. On, uh, but, uh, but you'll yeah, we'll we'll announce. Um, updates for them on the here lies facebook page nice uh so yeah what's uh what's next for eddie spaghetti are there more trailers or more content that are you gonna put out uh on your facebook or like is that gonna go a bit more and then uh, maybe tell people where they can get some of these tapes or some of this content uh, if they're looking for it well all of our main stuff is uh i mean obviously we have our updates through our facebook page which is here lies if you just look up here lies you should be able to find it uh the logo is a gravestone uh you can always find me on facebook though and ask me where to go and i'll help direct definitely hit them up yep and uh we have a we have a series basically uh that i host on youtube but it's also available on the uh roku channel uh the roku network uh osi 74 uh, which is a horror host based network. Uh, it's ran by horror host uh, Mr. Lobo. Yeah. A very well known horror host in the States uh, and worldwide. Uh, and he runs that uh, basically as a hub for all kinds of different hosts, you know, horror or whatnot, et cetera, um, including myself. Uh, so we do have some episodes on that network, but our uh, most up to date stuff is on our YouTube page. Uh, which you can find at Here Lies. Nice. And uh, basically our show is kind of like a retrospective of old, you know, movies or television series or, or such. Um, and But it's more about looking at the pop culture element to them okay. and really kind of like analyzing why is this being still recognized and is it still being recognized for like the right reasons? Oh. So for example, like I did a really long video about Risky Business, which is one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. And I, I discussed 
I mean, I, I don't I don't go into detail about the film. I don't give spoilers or whatever. It's not so much about like the plot of the film. You know, I go into a little bit of it. Um, but it was really a discussion about like why is that film still recognized as being like an 80s movie? You know, why is it still like embedded in pop culture, you know, history and very main... recognizable even if you've never seen the film you exactly. know quotes yeah. from it you know like yeah. you know the famous scenes from it yeah know? and the most famous scene is the one where he dances in his underwear yeah which is perhaps the worst scene in the film it does not need to be in the film it has nothing to do with the movie stone no, yeah and uh that's the best thing about it is, is like they have this movie that's about like this brooding like child like adolescence experience about growing up and like trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and sex and and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it's being represented by like this weird kind of like he's a go getter. You know, he's looking yeah. to get laid kind of thing, even though the movie has nothing to do with that. And there's all these elements as to why it kind of got coded in a paint of that style, um, which I go through in detail. You know, it goes from advertising to, you know, just that scene of him dancing, becoming a big thing. And, you know, even now there's the huge element of like so much too. That's the other element, right? Yeah. Like that scene's like constantly being parodied or. Yeah. Over, over saturation of just the parodies of it. And then also the fact that Tom Cruise is now a complete nut. So people will kind of disregard the movie a little bit or they'll look at it in a different light. Um, which, Tom Cruise is crazy, but I love his <laughs> movies, man. Yeah, you know he's a he's a, like a he's a legit great actor. Yeah. Like you know, w- any way you cut it, despite what he believes in and and you know what his you know religion is or whatever like that. Um, the guy's a really great actor. I've heard nothing but great stories about him from fellow you know people in the industry. Yeah, me too. Like that's all you hear is like he's couldn't be nicer. He remembers yeah. everybody's name. Like yeah. So yeah. and yeah, it could be that he's trying to keep up appearances, or it could be that he's just generally a nice guy. Could which, be a nice guy. He yeah. actually lived here in Ottawa at one point. That's true. Yeah. So humble beginnings. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if people want to check you out online, follow you on the Instagram or Facebook. They can check out Eddie Spaghetti on Instagram and Facebook. Correct. Yes. So you can follow me on there. Uh, for here lies, I believe the Facebook page is Here Lies Official. So if you look up Here Lies Official or just generally you look up Here Lies, you'll be able to find it. Uh, and the YouTube page, again, it should be Here Lies Official. But again, if you just look up Here Lies, you'll be able to find it. Um, and you can find the Hopper PI video on there. You can find my Glow video on there. You can find, again, the retrospective pop culture videos that we do. Um, I'm actually doing one right now. It's going to be about Mac and me. Uh, oh. So probably by the time that this podcast is out, it'll Famous probably be out. Video. Um, but I'm going to be talking about why Mac and me is still kind of like acknowledged and mainly it's because of Paul Rudd and his, the many times he's been on Conan O'Brien's show and put that clip on that clip on. (laughs) But it's also really fascinating for me because I kind of looked at it from the perspective of why is, why is that movie much more relevant now than ET is? It's funny. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. People know that. Well, a lot of people know that reference anyways. Yeah, a lot of people know that reference, but it's like science did it too. And oh yeah, exactly. And but it's kind of like if you go to a party and you talk to somebody, you bring up like ET and then bring up Mac and me. Like I feel like more people would talk about Mac and me. They will definitely know that scene from Mac and me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they'll know that scene if you bring up the scene. And then it's also too like 
like for the people who've watched the movie itself though as, it's as garbage well movie. <laughs> it's yeah it's not a really good film like it really just kind of hits the beats and tones of of et over time throughout the film's progress um but the really big element about it is the mcdonald's involvement which for me is like the reason why i can watch it and be like i get this kind of i can enjoy it on a much different level than just being like an et ripoff um because of this this you know mcdonald's is like such a big uh behemoth of of pop culture for our generation and you know generations before and even talking about it i I want mcdonald's now i know yeah on the podcast we talk about burger king a lot for some matt likes burger king so this is competing competing things the king and the, the and the mac well in the states we have the impossible whopper now so i wonder when uh we're gonna get it here in canada oh mcdonald's is gonna make their own veggie thing i think i hope so that's the smart thing they should do but really and truly though didn't mcdonald's kind of already have artificial burgers before this they had one uh <laughs> telling was... you, telling you that it, that it's technically meat but it's like oh i forget what it was called but it was a piece of shit it apparently just tasted like like garbage yeah it was called like the mclean or like i can't remember what it was <laughs> called but it was something like that where it was like it was it was still meat but it was like a diet version of their hamburger uh, just grody. failed grody you know uh well thanks for coming on the podcast maybe next time uh we can have you on we can do uh we can watch a beta and we can do a commentary to an old beta tape or an old vhs tape that uh, people might have but uh yeah appreciate you coming on the show and we'll have you on again soon absolutely thank you so much Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lost Commentary, on Instagram at Raiders of the Lost Commentary, and like us on Facebook. I'll be back.